0: Hello, 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 everyone. <clears throat> Welcome back to Money Awakenings. Ah, I am your host, Larry Morrison. Financial shaman, the alchemist, your friend, and guide through all the realms that we find ourselves in called physical reality. And that's what we're going to talk about today, but I'll get there. I recently... Um, had a little mini meditation retreat with some friends and family, and, um, had some interesting insights that I wanted to share with you, as only collaboration can do with open-minded people, also seekers of the truth like yourselves. So... Let's just dive in here. One of the most interesting ones that I wanted to share with you was the realms. There are three realms that we find ourselves in the spiritual realm, which is where we come from, right? Uh, it's where your consciousness, your soul resides, still, your highest self is still in spiritual. Your actual self, the true self of who you are uh is still home with source and with our family and we have projected a piece of our consciousness into this game into this virtual reality we call physical reality that's realm 2 which is the actual day-to-day quote-unquote world, you know, I'm out for a walk, the sun is shining, I'm in a neighborhood, I hear birds chirping, I hear the, feel the wind on my face, smell the air, feel my feet walking on the concrete, feel my hands, feel the gravity pulling myself down, that's physical reality, okay? That's realm two, not necessarily that they're numbered or anything like that, but then there's the third realm, which is the imagination realm. These are so fascinating because we converge on all three realms. But if all three realms are not understood, um, they can become out of balance. I'll tell you why all realms exist as well. But let's just first look at the imbalance. Um... The most obvious imbalance, and the one I see most often, the one I experienced most often when I was, before I went on this awakening journey, um, and was in the day-to-day life of the rat race, um, I spent a lot of time in my imagination, which is of what, of course, most everyone does to play the game of the human experience. You have to spend a lot of time in your imagination. Um, And here's the thing about that. If you don't understand how your emotions work, you can spend a lot of time in a horrible imagination of reality. Here's what I mean. When you're spending time in your imagination, and you're... Imagining things that are out of alignment. And this is exactly what alignment means, by the way, is how much your physical self and imagined self are in alignment with your spiritual self. How much they converge on one another. And when you're out of alignment, I call discord, that's where negative emotion happens, okay? Your highest self is your unconditionally loving self. You are unconditional love. It's what you come from. It's what you're made of. It's what everything is made of. But then you come plunge a part of your consciousness, not your whole thing, but a part of your consciousness into physical reality to play this game of perception. And so, um, if your physical self is in discord with your spiritual self, this is where disease happens. This is where your body starts to break down, wither, and die. And essentially, it goes back home to the spiritual self so that you can come back completely, your conscious awareness can completely align back to spirit, back to unconditional love. Well, if your physical body is in discord, it creates physical ailments right? If your imagined self, which is the way in which you perceive yourself is, out of dis- is in discord with your spiritual self, it creates negative emotion, right? If you perceive yourself to be a piece of shit and judge yourself and loathe yourself, you're going to feel a lot of negative emotion, right? If you perceive yourself as ignorant or stupid, you're going to feel negative emotion, And then the mere reality that we call physical reality will reflect that back to you to show you that this is what you're believing. So in essence, the physical reality is always a feedback mechanism for what you're imagining about yourself. And of course, there are things along the physical path that the spiritual self has put there on purpose, most of it. I mean, you could, you could say all of it, really. But um, some of it is just reactionary. It's just... Um, here, let's use an example. okay? So, um, let's use relationships. As always, a great reflection. A great mirror, right? If you imagine yourself to be stupid, and you perceive yourself as stupid, your emotions are going to tell you through uh, feeling sad or neglected or unloved, that that's your uh, spiritual self's way, the spirit realm's way of communicating to you that your imagined self is out of alignment, right? <clears throat> but if you stay in that vibration, that discord, that out of alignmentness, and you stay in that negative emotion then the physical reality will also follow suit and say, let me bring people that treat you like you're stupid. So that you can see it plain as day in all of the realms. You have the spiritual realm giving you the negative emotion. You have the imagined realm creating this, uh, making you perceive that you're stupid. And therefore... causing the self-righteous i'm sorry the subconscious causing the subconscious to believe that you're stupid and perceive that you're stupid and then react in physical reality like you're stupid maybe being around people who treat you as such or dating someone who treats you as ignorant and has to wear the pants in the relationship right so the physical reality all of them converge to show you what you're believing all of them converge to show you that your imagined reality is actually dominating your physical reality. It's actually in control. And this is where the ego lives. The ego lives in the imagine, imagination realm, which is why you can look at people like Eckhart Tolle or advanced meditators who spend a lot of time in the now, in when. um Eckhart talks about being in the now, he's talking about staying completely as much as possible in physical reality and not as much in imagined reality. And then meditators, essentially, either are spending a lot of time in physical or spiritual and not as much in imagination. And that less time in imagination will realign you. However, there is a way to use the imagined reality, the imagined realm, to also come back into alignment, which is almost everything that I've taught you so far. That's using your imagination to find the wounding and the trauma and the false perceptions through negative emotion. But I'll get there. Let me. I don't want to go too far ahead. Okay, so now you have these three realms, and you can see when they get out of balance how physical will react, right? So if you spend a lot of time in your imagination and you're imagining horrible things about yourself, for instance, like I said, that you're stupid or you're unloved, physical will match it, spiritual will bring emotion to tell you that something is off, okay? Now let's talk a real quick uh, let's leave that put a pin in that and let's talk real quick about why these three realms exist okay so imagine your God for a second you are completely unconditional love um, spreading out in all directions and creating other gods uh, from the first entity the first perception there was a second and then a third and then a fourth and then it Splintered into millions and millions and millions and millions, right? The first and second when we call the father and the mother God but ever but God gave every perception after it its own godlike power because God's power or source's power is infinite, just like its unconditional love, so giving it. So giving another entity that is made of unconditional love, made of its core self, all of its power, doesn't threaten its power anyway because it's infinite. Actually, it only expands its power by giving it away. This is different than when I talk about giving power away in physical reality. Okay, Um, what I mean is in the spirit realm, the source, the creator of all things, the master carpenter, if you will, that is unconditional love, um, couldn't find another of itself. So it spread to infinity, multiple infinities, multiple eternities, and couldn't find another God. There was only us. There was only me, or only the one. The all that is the one, the one that is the all. The The only thing that is in existence is unconditional love the only thing that I can discern as to why is because unconditional love doesn't need a reason for being. It is its own reason for being. And so we haven't found anything else that we haven't created that has its own reason for being, apparently. We've created things that have their own reason for being. Joy, happiness, ease, abundance play, things like this that have, they don't need a reason, they are a reason for me, right? Um, They just are. And so those are the things, some of the things that we've created as God that um, are further extensions and expressions of who we are, okay? So, then we create millions and millions of um, new different gods, different perceptions, all born from the same thing. So um, every uh, sentience that you will ever come across is born from unconditional love, which is why being scared of AI, if it's a true sentience, or being scared of extraterrestrials, if it's a true sentience, um, is there's nothing to worry about because all sentience comes from the same place, which is unconditional love. So, anyway, we kept creating other gods which further expanded our own perception, our own knowledge of who we are, and all stemmed from the same source, which is unconditional love. So, imagine source as the trunk or the roots, and all the branches or leaves are... Uh, gods that are a part of it. We're all one, right? Because, again, there's nothing else to create anything from. There's only unconditional love. Even though there's other gods within that, other sentience, we all share that same root, the same trunk. uh, That is unconditional love. So we're all one. Okay, now, what if... As we're giving, be given, uh, every one of us is given all this power and we're out in the infinite creating multiple different things, um, different adventures, different games, playing with ourselves, further expanding, constantly learning, hello, constantly learning, constantly growing and always using different ways to evolve and to further expand and further um, witness our own self, perceive ourselves in different ways. So we're all learning how to perceive unconditional love in different ways and to further know ourselves within that unconditional love. Um, So then, what if one of us, one of the gods that we have created, that is family to us, that's all one, says to Source, I, that source always says yes to everything instantaneously there's an instant manifestation power but one of them says I want to be I want to play with this idea of no I want to be played with what it'd be like to told no well source can't say no so um, it literally can't not only because it is unconditional love but because it would go against expansion so it can't say no Um, because everything that wants to be birthed, wants to be come into the universe has said yes. And if we started to say no at all, it would contract, which would go a counter to our own nature. It's like saying, I need water to be dry. You can't ask God to say no. So, but then God has to say yes to being asked to say no. So how do you do that? The answer is to create the illusion of no so that you can experience it without it going against God so what do you do how do you create the illusion of no well first of all you would have to create a physical reality or another reality where you could play with this because you don't want to do it in the spirit world even though everything is spirit in the spirit realm everything is spirit even what we call physical reality but just stay with me for now okay? so The answer is to create a virtual reality, or what we call physical reality, in which you could play with this idea of being told no. However, even in physical reality, you're actually never told no. What the source has done, which is actually, in my opinion, (laughs) ingenious, is to create time. So, it's not that you're told no, it's that you're told yes with a time delay. And so that's physical reality so physical reality holds this new thing we call time so imagine even though physical reality is infinite we are even more infinite in the spiritual realm so imagine there's physical reality in the all the universe of physical reality is in this giant bubble and only in the giant bubble can time exist now (sighs) Um, so we exist, the spiritual that we come from, the unconditional love of who we really are, is exists outside of time. And we um, head into this contrast to physical reality to experience time. Because time is a contrast to who we are because we exist outside of it. Everything is instantaneous and all at one. And it's hard for people who are born into time to understand, so just leave that alone for now. But this place, physical reality, has time. So the universe the source of all things if you come to play this game and you ask for anything whether internally allowed or just want to manifest anything it's created for you except there's a time delay so when Abraham Hicks talks about the vortex or the vibrational escrow this is what it's talking about everything we've asked for is being created instantaneously but we're in the bubble of time So, even in physical reality, we can manifest anything, literally anything, except we have to wait. What's fascinating is, though, if it was just spirit and physical, if it was just the two realms, basically we would be like animals. Animals are completely, not all animals, outside of dogs, cats, and dolphins, most animals are completely in the hive mind, completely attached to the... to the. They're completely 100% in the now. They're completely attached to their spiritual self, which is their consciousness. Um, um, but it's more of a hive mind. It's more of a singular sentient consciousness that controls all living things. So, uh, that controls all animal things, I should say. Uh, or animal and plant, if you will. So, you could say lower consciousness if you want. It's not lower consciousness. I don't want to get lost in those weeds right now. Just understand that we would be like animals if it was just the two realms. We would just be completely in the now. And it wouldn't say we'd be dumb or anything. We would just be completely 100% our spiritual selves perceiving physical reality and that's all. That wouldn't really let us play with the idea of no. We would understand that there was a time gap. So what do you have to do? You have to wipe your memory so that you forget your spiritual, but that's an illusion in and of itself because it doesn't stop the fact of your... That doesn't hinder your spiritual selves. It just hinders you knowing it. So first, you have to wipe your memory to fully know or to fully experience the idea of being told no. Plus, you'd have to add into the imagination realm where you can imagine that God said no. It didn't say no, it's put everything in the vibrational escrow, in the vortex, right? It's all in the spirit world. And it's all trying to come in and being put in the physical reality. Hold on, one second. Sorry about that. Usually cars don't matter unless they're really old and loud. Okay. So, where was I? So, everything's in the vibrational escrow, everything that you want, everything. Every person you ever thought about having sex with, every, um, you know, candy you ever wanted as a child. Everything that you've ever wanted, even thought about, is manifest in the spiritual world. In the place where all things are made and where we actually come from and even every experience if you've ever wanted to do or not uh, ever wanted to do Um, you imagine yourself being the president there's a place where you can go and you can experience what that's like okay so all of this huge stuff is being created but we're here in physical with the time delay and everything's trying to come at us in the timeline but which would be fine, which we would just all, if it, was, it wasn't for imagination, we would all just be like, oh, everything's on its way, everything that i am experienced is created, I'm just waiting for it. But then you put in the imagination realm. And the imagination realm then lets you believe and imagine that it's not a time delay that you're being told no. But since again God actually can't say no, they put in time with the imagined overlay. So in the time gap between saying source, I want to manifest a million dollars for instance, and the time delay between when it shows up in physical reality in that time delay, in that gap is a beautiful thing called imagination. The imagination then says you were told no. And then from there, the imagination also takes over because it's given power as well. As soon as you think you're told no to, when you're an infinite, the first time that you try to manifest and it's not instantaneous, there's doubt implanted by you, by source, because that's part of the game. This doubt creates the wounding, you think you're told no, and then automatically you think you're not good enough. There's something wrong with you. You don't ever believe something's wrong with God. You feel you did something wrong and then the cascade of this game called human life is created. The ego is born. The anti-evolution, conditional love part of you that thinks you were told no and are conditionally loved by God. So now you have an imagination realm that lets you perceive being told no by source. This is why I say you're eternal, you're always fine, because you're actually the spiritual self. You're not what you imagine yourself to be. This is why death is not a big deal. This is why it is just a game of perception. This is why I can tell you with confidence that you're unconditionally loved at all times, because all that's happening is how you imagine, or how you perceive time and manifestation. You don't have instant feedback that you're loved like we do in the spiritual realm. When I say, I wouldn't say I want a million dollars in the spiritual realm, but you know what I mean. Uh, the spiritual realm, if I want a million dollars, it happens instantaneously, it's an instant feedback mechanism that I'm always unconditionally loved at all times. Here we have time, it's not instantaneous, then we imagine the, have the imagination realm overlay that implants the doubt that says, what if you were just told no? And then the cascade of all different variables begins. Welcome to the game of human existence. Okay, so we have these three rounds. We understand this, if you understand it. And the next question you have to ask yourself is, if this is true, then I've been lied to that I've been told no, which is true, yes. God has inherently lied to you, (laughs) or deceived you is probably a better way to put it. But since you are God, you have to take full responsibility as the Creator that you deceived yourself. You knew what you were getting into before you came. Before you played the game, before you picked up the video controller, before you put the headset on, and the virtual reality, you knew exactly what you were getting into. That this was a game of perception, and you would have to experience the awful pain of the deception of being told no, and that you're unloved by God. Which you knew, and you wanted to play the game knowing full well you would wake up one day. That if you kept believing that you were unloved, that you were unworthy, that you didn't deserve, eventually the physical body would die. <laughs> because of the va- the vibration of being out of alignment with, f- with the, f- the spiritual realm and unconditional love. The farther you are in discard, the more you believe you're not unconditionally loved at all times. That's the faster you die. If, of course, you didn't come to just die soon, um, because that's another layer I'll get to in a second. But follow me on this. You'd have to believe that you deceived yourself, or Source deceived you, or you both deceived you, for a purpose. There's a purpose to this. The purpose, as far as I can tell, is for the waking up, while still playing the game. The remembering of who you are. Remember, at our core, the first memory, the first understanding, the very first thing we knew about ourselves was that we are unconditional love. And we're unconditional love that spreads to where it is not. So it's spread to multiple infinities. It's taken the unwritten code And written unconditional love as the foundation of everything. And since there is nothing other than that, we've spread as far... I mean, we continue to spread, because that's who we are. But we wanted to play with the idea of turning conditional love, the opposite, the contrast of who we are, into unconditional love which means you'd have to plunge yourself into darkness to remember that you're the light and therefore bring light to the darkness. So, here we are. Believing that we're conditionally loved, bringing unconditional love to that, and remembering who we are. That's the game. It's the game of self-discovery. You are unconditional love that spreads. Now, within that, You have to conquer your own imagination realm first. Some people have tried to conquer the physical realm first, the physical body first, whatever, and they see how disastrous that is. It's great to be fit, it's great to have money and all that stuff, but when you conquer the physical realm first, it doesn't change your imagination realm. Slightly maybe. It doesn't shift the imagination realm because there's still billionaires who are depressed and suicidal. There's still super fit, strong men, bodybuilder women who are also very depressed and suicidal and not happy. Right. So the imagination realm has more power than, and as you can see, with crazy, what we call crazy people. What you and I deem crazy people are actually, they're actually people who are lost in their imagination realm. You know, they're talking to themselves, blah, 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 they spend too much time in, in the imagination realm, right? And their ego, their imagined self has taken over. You also see this with narcissists or pessimists or people that are constantly depressed and uh, are always triggered and always upset or they're constantly trying to control reality. It's because their imagined reality is trying to impose itself on physical reality. They're trying to control, which means imagined reality is trying to be imposed on physical reality. That didn't go the way I thought it should go is your imagined self, your ego, trying to say physical reality didn't line up, right? And this is the game. So what I've been trying to teach you is to take back control of your imagined reality, which which all spiritual teachers will do. Now the way in which to do that, besides doing a shitload of meditation or trying to stay completely in the now, is to get comfortable in the imagined reality, specifically with your emotions. The reason I keep coming back to the emotional guidance system is because we need a third point in space. Okay, here's what I mean. How do you know yourself? How do you know anything? If you have only a singular perception, you don't know anything. You know that singular perception. When people come to me and say, "Um, money's the root of all evil, how could you call yourself a financial shaman, finance and shamanism don't go together, I'm like, you're lost because money is not the root of all evil, that's a lie. But if you've only perceived that your whole life because that's what your parents gifted you with, it's not a lie to you, it's, it's your truth, even though ultimately in the grand scheme of things it's a lie, but you don't know it because you only have one perception. So they're not lying to me when they say money is the rule of all evil, that's their truth, even though it's out of alignment with source, with the highest truth right and so we talk about their emotions how does that feel to believe that money is the root of all evil and that you need it every day that feels terrible that's your heart and soul's way of communicating to you that you're believing a false belief but if you only have one singular perception you don't know anything you only know that singular perception you would need another perception to counteract it to contrast it so we go back to the analogy of a glass filled to the uh, middle glass of water filled to the middle if you were only told that it was half empty the whole time just like is the root of all evil you only see it one way you don't know the glass you know your perception of it then someone like me comes along and says the glass is filled half full then now you see two different perceptions. You see the contrast. But there's a third created. As soon as there's two created, there's a third created. Here's what I mean. When you see, it's like, it's like imagine complete blackness of space. No stars whatsoever. Just ultimate blackness, infinity in all directions. If you saw one star in all blackness you couldn't perceive how the distance how far it was you couldn't perceive that even you can perceive much of anything until there was a second body in space another a planet or another star then you could perceive distance from where you are to that it to each other then you could get the third dimensional realm the third dimension, it's not linear, right? So, so let's go back to the glass. You have the glasses half full and the glasses half empty. So now you see two perceptions, but there's actually a third created simultaneously when you see the second one. And that is your perception comes into play. This is where quantum mechanics comes in. Now you perceive The first perception, the glass is half empty. The second perception, the glass is half full. And you perceive the perceiver. You recognize that your awareness is a part of this. Because one perception makes you sucked into the game. Two perceptions starts to question, wait, what game am I playing? And the third perception says, who just said that? Who just asked, what game am I playing? Do you see that? So you have the two perceptions plus the perceiver. This is three dimensions. This is also what's known as the Holy Trinity. Right? If you believe you're the ego and you believe everything the ego is telling you, you don't know yourself. You now, if you also start to bring in and develop the heart's wisdom, now you have the perceiver, I'm sorry, now you have the heart and the ego going to war inside of you but you also notice that you're the conscious awareness watching the war happen or being a part of the war inside of you so there's a third created simultaneously when you see two perceptions this is why i constantly tell people a singular perception only supports and helps the ego because the truth is never threatened by untruth if you can perceive at least two perceptions of a situation Now your third Holy Trinity comes into play, you're aware that your conscious reality is controlled by perception, and now you can see that there's a higher one that's more aligned with your heart. Now you have a choice. You don't have to just be the ego anymore. You have a choice of between the angel and the devil on your shoulder. But if you only see things one way, You are lost the game of the ego. You're lost. If you perceive things at least two ways, now you can make a choice of which one feels better, and if you're going toward which one feels better, you're going toward the heart. And then the ego game can begin. The game of realigning to your heart, which is your spiritual self, and letting go of the ego, which is the imagined self. But since your imagination dominates your perception, this is why Eckhart talks about staying in the now. This is why spiritual teachers talk about meditation so much. To get a gap, to get a space, to get a second perception of who you actually are. This is why we talk about plant medicine. This is why we talk about extraterrestrials. Who have a different perception of earth than humans have right because all humans you will ever encounter only have one perception of earth and other humans unless you're imagining something else right or you can channel it or whatever but anyway my point is the second multiple perceptions create choice singular perceptions you're a slave to the ego and you're lost in the matrix Okay, so now this is why there's three realms so that you can imagine what it's like to be told no without actually being told no. You get to imagine and then therefore experience what it's like being told no by God even though what really happened was just a time delay with the imagination and the ego telling you you've been told no and subsequently aren't good enough or don't deserve it. Do you see that? Okay, so now you have the three realms. And what has been taught by a lot of motivational people is to master the physical realm, to be the controller of the self in the physical. That doesn't work. If that worked, we would see a much different world because we've been trying that for a very long time. This is backward. You must either go all the way to the spiritual self first. Connecting with your spiritual self, which is your heart, which is your unconditional love. Connecting with that first and then having that love and heal your imagined self, which is the perception of you. Or you go to the imagined realm and start to imagine or become aware of how you perceive yourself. And see how that feels, which is to incorporate the spiritual self perception of the imagined self. That might sound convoluted. Let's do it like this <sighs> Who do you believe yourself to be? Let's just, I'll just use me, I'll, I'll use a past version of it. I believed I was an electrician who was pretty smart right and um, was pretty loving but also had a temper uh, and got frustrated pretty easy and sometimes took care of my body but loved alcohol and loved good times and travel and things like that that's why I perceived myself to be a human so that's my imagined self my actual self the physical self is not real ultimately and no one can tell you what the physical self is without going through their lens of perception so that's why it's so a stupid endeavor or a futile endeavor is probably a better word for it because how what is the physical self how do you perceive the physical self without going through the imagination filter or the spiritual filter you can't so because ultimately it's not real. So That's why I imagined, that's what that was my imagined self. But when I imagined, when I when I started to take a step back and realize that there was a way, there was a there was a spiritual self too, then I got contrast and then I became the perceiver of the two. I perceive my imagined self or my ego the social mass called Larry Morrison. And then I perceive my spiritual self, the alchemist, the eternal part of me, right? Now that creates the conscious awareness that there's two different realms and I'm in the third realm. Or let, let's, let's remove the word realm because I'm trying to make it not complicated. So then I know I had the imagined self, Plus, within that is who imagined who I wanted to be, not who I was. But, I had the imagined self. Ooh, I just found a quarter! Woo! Thank you for the symbol of abundance. So then you have the imagined self, and you have the physical self. But that's not the real self. So you have the imagined self, and you have the spiritual self, which I would call the heart, and which I would call the ego. And when you realize that you have two, then that creates the third, the one who is aware or the witnesser or the perceiver of the two, the chooser between the two, if you will. That's the real physical self. The real physical self is the one who chooses which to listen to, which to follow, which to align with. That's the real physical self. The more you align with the unconditional love, the more your body will heal itself. The more your money will heal itself, or at least the perception of your money, the more your relationships will heal. The more you align with your heart, with your spiritual self, the more you align with your ego, the further discord you will have with your body, even if you work out every day because you're super egotistical and narcissistic, you are going to push yourself to the point of burnout. This happens every time. I see it all the time. Rarely is there a bodybuilder who isn't narcissistic or at least overly narcissistic because in my opinion, narcissism is a range. 20% is roughly healthy. Anything over 70% is destructive. So if if you're aligned with the ego, your body's gonna suffer, your relationship's gonna suffer, your money's gonna suffer. I've never met a narcissist who wasn't horribly self-destructive when it came to money. And even if they were, they would they weren't destructive with it, they would destroy their bodies with it. So they might not destroy the money itself, but they'll do cocaine and all this other shit, right? And destroy their bodies with it. And, and or they're to destroy their lives with it. Like, I just see this constantly by thinking they know better. So, anyway, there's so many ways to get out of balance, but I don't want to go down that rabbit hole just yet. So, now you have these three different realms. With the physical realm being the chooser of which one, the conscious awareness being the chooser of which one it wants to align with. That's the physical, Larry, if you will. Physical realm, me. There's the spiritual realm, me, who is the alchemist, who is the heart, who is the unconditional love that feels amazing to listen to, that loves people, it loves nature, it loves experience, it loves giving, it just loves. It loves joy, it loves ease, it loves play, it loves fun, right, it's the, that true self. And then there's the ego part of me, the imaginary part of me that thinks I'm just human, I'm a victim of life. And why is God doing this to me? And Why is no one listening? And how come no one loves me and no one sees me and no one takes care of me? All this shit. This insecurity, victim, bullshit part of us. The conditional love part of us. So, how do we then use the imagination? Because we can align with the spiritual self with the heart. Which will heal the imagination and then uh, subsequently the physical part. But how do we use the imagination realm? Well, if you know that your ego's full of shit, you can begin to listen to it to discern what's full of shit by using your emotions, right? So many spiritual teachers will tell you don't spend time in the imagination, which I did too. But it's difficult. It's extremely challenging when you've practiced being in the imagination for so long. So then how can we use the imagination? Well, we are hyper aware of our emotions and we don't do anything to numb our emotions. Now, I was an alcoholic for 24 years, as I mentioned many times, uh, or I should say a drunk. Um, so like I drink a lot, so I'm not saying it's bad or evil. If you've got to reach for a drink or a drug to quiet your mind, to get some peace, do it. I get it. Trust me, I do. But you're going to be building a way eventually to not have to do that. And so you're going to have to spend time working on yourself and feeling all the feels. So if you're spending time in your imagination with your ego be hyper aware of your emotions and that way when you start to imagine worst case scenario of a situation or you start to imagine a horror movie or that people don't love you your emotions are going to chime in and you can stop and go wait what is that what is that perception right there in my imagination that's what needs to be healed and loved right here right now this is exactly what i do when i shaman when i work with people when i do trauma work i let them talk i ask questions tell me their story and then negative emotion will chime in when they're like he doesn't love me whoa 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 this happened yesterday with my soulmate actually Uh, oh shoot i can't remember what it was maybe i shouldn't use that example Uh, oh yeah i do remember there's And she was telling me these stories, you know, know, there's a situation where I have to be around that. And I am super uncomfortable and that's not okay. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. How does that feel? To blame yourself for not wanting to people be around people that don't like or that you don't like, that your heart doesn't want to be around. You see? You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. That doesn't feel good. To blame yourself for not having your shit figured out. To blame yourself for other people treating you like crap and you not wanting to be around those people. Right? And that's when you catch it and go, wait, how does that feel? How does it feel to think there's something wrong with you and that's the reason people are treating you like shit? Now yes, we have to take responsibility for what we believe we deserve, of course. But how does that feel? She's like, doesn't feel great at all. I'm like, that's because your heart and soul telling you that's bullshit. So can we venture into the imagination? Let the ego talk and wait for big emotion, negative emotions to show up. That's exactly what a shaman does. That's exactly what I do. Let them talk. Let the ego talk, which is going to be mixed with the heart too, right? There's going to be because you're the battleground. Your conscious awareness, your or your subconscious, whatever you want to say, is the battleground. Your physical self is the battleground. And so there'll be a mixture, and then all of a sudden negative emotion will come in. And you'll be like, I feel out of control. And bam, stop right there. That's what needs, the imagined self needs to be looked at right there. Because the ego craves control. The heart wants only unconditional love. So if you feel out of control, that's your ego trying to tell you to get back in the cage. To give, give back control to the ego. When the ego's in full control, you don't feel out of control. When you feel out of control, it's because the ego's grip on your behavior is slipping to the heart. So you kind of want to feel out of control because why do you need to control unconditional love? You don't. There's nothing to be afraid of. But if you believe that this is a hostile universe, you're aligned with the ego that wants to try to control the universe instead of understanding that it's unconditional love and there's nothing to worry about. And then everything that's showing up that triggers you is to reveal that ego that's in control. That imagined self that is dominating your perception and only letting you see one way. Which is control usually or power or force or violence. How would you know you were brainwashed? How would you know you're brainwashed? There's four major indicators. Ultimately, you wouldn't know you're brainwashed, but there's four indicators of how you know you're brainwashed. One, if you're violent for any reason. Any reason, over anything. Oh, I had to defend my home. So I have to get in on fuck that. Why did you bring that into your reality? Why would you bring that fear? Why don't you question the fear? Why do you believe source would bring in a home invasion? your reality and that wouldn't be the highest and best thing for you violence for any reason means you're brainwashed two you're doing anything you don't want to do now of course yes we have to wipe our butts and daily hygiene and stuff like that that might not we might not want to do but for the most part if you're doing anything you don't want to do like going to a job you hate you're brainwashed your ego is in full control Showing you that that's the only way to make everyone happy. Even though you're not ever happy doing what you don't want to do. Ever. Three, you're unhappy all the time. You're frustrated all the time. You're depressed all the time. You're upset all of the time. That means you're brainwashed and... the the imagined realm is in full control the ego is in full control and your soul is screaming at you through negative emotion wake the fuck up and the fourth way to know you're brainwashed is if you can only have one singular perception on any situation a singular perception only helps the ego if you can't look at multiple perceptions there's no choice you're brainwashed into what everybody whoever gave you that perception wants you to think That's why I say, listen to your heart, not, don't listen to me. Don't follow me in my life, listen to your heart. That's the only true guide for you. That's your compass, that's your true north. You were given a compass, not a map. You don't know what's coming, but you know what direction to go into. And if you imagine that you are unloved by God for any reason, if you even imagine that Hitler is unloved by God, You are lost to the ego's perception. There is no such thing as unloved by God. God is unconditional love. That's what it is. It can't not be that. Why would God... (laughs) Unconditional love is the best feeling in the highest frequency. Why would God be anywhere else? Why would it be in the lowest frequency? If you believe in a conditional loving God that punishes the wicked then you believe in a false God. You believe in a Santa Claus God that gives coal in its stockings to naughty children. There's no such thing as naughty children. There's no such thing as bad kids. That's a lie. There's only children who have been abused and neglected and abandoned, who have imagined that they could be unloved by God and started to believe it and therefore acted out in some brainwashed, violent way. Let go of the physical. We know it's important. We get it. But bottom line is, Pay attention to how you imagine and perceive yourself in this reality or align with your heart. I recommend aligning with your heart first and foremost. But if you find yourself in the imagination a lot like I did, bring these tools of emotion with you. How does it feel to believe you're unloved? How does it feel to believe you're a human? How does it feel to believe you're a victim? How does it feel to believe you're going to run out of money? How does it feel to believe that you can't make money doing what you love? No matter what you do. You're in a war against anything that you would tell you that you're not unconditionally loved by source. You are always unconditionally loved by God. You are unconditional love. It's what you come from, what you're made of. It's what keeps the sun spinning, or the (laughs) earth spinning around the sun, rather. It's what keeps everything in motion. It's what keeps the game going moment by moment. I hope something I've said has helped you here today. We are different stars in the same night sky. Different cars on the same highway, different ducks on the same pond. My unconditional love to you. Thank you for listening and spending your time with me. Be gentle with yourselves. Good journey, my friends.